0: to Enlighten Up, the Hilarapy podcast with Lizzie Allen and Karina Lauren. We take hard topics, throw them up in the air, and dissolve them with laughter. Each week, we feature a comedian from the Hilarapy course, and we discuss topics from their set, from sexual shame to getting older. We tackle it all with humor and heart.
1: Our goal is to awaken the masses, promote love, and increase connection by dissolving shame, all while making you laugh until you pee your pants. So let's enlighten up and
0: get started. i back. <laughs> Welcome. <laughs> We've decided to do the whole thing in German now. German is your liking, yes? <laughs>
1: <laughs> Welcome to episode 12
0: with your hosts, with the most, Karina and Lizzie. Here we are again. We've got a fantastic episode for you. So we were doing
1: some chatting before the episode and the mic start recording. And we thought, you know what, let's do a 30 second recap of our summer. All right. I went to Italy. I fell back in love with my husband. I ate really good food, went to Hornby. My grandma died. Then I immersed myself in the light of her spirit for like two months, bonded with my mom and my daughter Real, like, matriarchal energy happening there, like a vortex, one would say. Oh, my God. Fell in love with uh, not having anything to do other than work. Came home, went right back into the craziness of life and busyness, and I'm kind of falling in love with that as well. Done. Oh, and my boobs got bigger. Wow. Yeah, and if you see me on the street, it's okay if you say something, because I will take it as a compliment. And I haven't even looked at her eyes yet. I've
0: been too busy staring at her chest.
1: Oh, yeah. I'm like one of those people that got a boob job and then I'm like, hey,
0: hey, boobs are down here. Okay. <laughs> Wait, you didn't get a boob job, did you? I didn't. They just got bigger. Okay. I was going to say, because you said I'm like one of those people. I'm like boob- one of them. Yeah. Okay. But you didn't get one, but you're like, hey, my boobs are down here.
1: Yeah. Like Forget never wore anything <laughs> cleavage related before. And now suddenly I'm always looking. What could I wear that shows them off? Oh Look nowhere else
0: but here. That's my story. Done. Okay. So should we pick it apart or not even bother? No, let's do your 30 seconds. Okay, Go. Okay, fine. 30 seconds. Okay. I went to LA and I did a private show with some very interesting and sexy people in it. Then I went to Phoenix and I did two shows with lots of really interesting people in it. And I loved it. Then I went back to England for a month where I set a huge energetic boundary with my father and I still haven't wangled my way back into a new style of relationship with him yet. But that doesn't bother me none because it felt like I was like Gandalf with a big staff stamping into the universe with a big energetic, you shall not pass. And now everybody is staying out of my universal vortexy space, and I've just got nothing but joy vibes and love vibes and high vibrations. Then when I got back, oh, I also broke up with my partner, and we're in the middle of a uh, conscious uncoupling, if you will, which is going fairly well, but with some energetic ouches sometimes. And I went over to Gibson's for a week where a woman wanted to do 30-second hugs with me quite a lot, and I had to try to run away from them as much as I possibly could because I don't know if she realised it felt like we were having sex. That's means like,
1: give me your heart. I want your heart. Come closer to me and hug me for a long time.
0: Yeah, and no. then last weekend, um, well, we can get onto that, mm. can't we? That was the summer.
1: You know what I want to say, though? Go on. You want to save the world? Done. Starts at home. <laughs> right? You off that shit. I did. Yeah, that's yeah, where it starts. I did. And sometimes people don't think, oh, I want to save the world. Oh, wait, I have to set a boundary? Okay, so for the listeners out there who may not have heard about this before or haven't experienced or tried it, how would one do that when, let's say someone says something to you and you feel that emotion? How do you- Sorry about my- dog. Like Max right now, right? How do you go, I'm not allowing you in my space- Is it really just that motion of the decision point where you're just like, no, this is not allowed in my space. I'm just wiping
0: out the debris. It's like a light and a sort of presence, an energy presence inside you. So if you can imagine this star-like light at the core of your being, just sort of fixating on that, fixating being the wrong word, but gently fixate on it (laughs) and allow it to come right out of you and identify yourself with this light this is you this is the presence the I amness this is the light or the energy that gives life to all beings and it's it's uh definitely a practice but I found that it gave me the words to say to my dad listen dad your behavior is just not it's not um it doesn't feel good to be around you at the moment because of your behavior rather than me sort of trying to find the words and feeling guilty. I don't feel guilty for setting that boundary, but I also don't have a grudge against my dad. My dad's just not well at the moment, and so he's behaving in, you know, just grumpy old man style, right? And that's fine, but it just hurts my heart too much to be on the receiving end of that. So I'm just taking myself out of the equation. But I did that really with an energy of, of, of almost saying like, If I want to go where I know I can and, you know, I'm going there because I'm a big vision holder and I'm going all the way, I just thought to myself, well, I can't invite somebody into my personal space who's then going to, you know, mock me or, you know, do I have to buy a ticket for this because you're not worth it? And that's like, yeah, I know it's a joke. I know he doesn't mean it. I know he's proud of me. I know he loves me, but I just can't have that because the universe doesn't hear jokes, does it? It just hears you're not worth it. And uh, yeah, so hope that that makes sense for you out there, listeners. Also, I have another
1: follow-up question. So for audience members who haven't been to Yuck Yucks in Surrey, why not? <laughs> okay, I haven't. Several, but- <laughs> several reasons I can think of. Surrey, why would I ever go there? Okay, Lizzie, <laughs> you just performed at Yuck Yucks in Surrey, which is a little bit off- the scene that we like. Yeah. But I found it it was really cool what you said, how people were drunk and they were heckling and you were almost like uh what do you call the word where it's like titanium where it just falls off of you. I don't know, it's like a duck water Yeah, water of a duck's back. That's it. Yeah. 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 So <laughs> so I'm thinking this work that you started at home, which is the energetic boundary, it just doesn't affect you now. No. It's like, yeah, that's funny. Ha ha.
0: Yeah, I headlined Yuck Yucks on the weekend at three shows. And as you know, we do hilarity. We like to keep it really like high vibrational alcohol and drug free. But I was invited to headline and you know that's a big deal, isn't it? That sort of says, Hey, we see you as a professional. So I went and did it, but the late show on Saturday, lots of drunk people and they couldn't really concentrate. It wasn't their fault. They just, you know, wanted to talk to their friends and he called out silly things it was quite you know interruptive because you've got to get your story out kind of thing so I didn't mind I used to really mind I used to take it really personally if somebody was kind of like not not into it or not participating or whatever because I thought oh god they hate me and all of that so I've grown so much like I did not mind like I was you know it's quite easier to be funnier than a drunk person (laughs) yeah yeah, but it was a bit, yeah, I had to work for my supper, that's for sure. I was sweating bullets on stage. It was like, <laughs> God, I keep needing to get, I'm a bit ADHD. So it was like coming back to my set, I had to work really hard. I was like, where was I? Where was I? And they'd be like, they'd be like you were talking about the tumor on the balls. And I was like, oh, yeah, tumor. <laughs> right. Thank you, audience members. See, yeah. someone. someone was paying attention. Yeah, lots of people were paying attention. And it's, you know, it's just where do I focus? Where do I put my focus? There's lots of people who were really enjoying it. So I just worked with them. And
1: Yeah. yeah. It's like I always uh, remember when we, when we used to do addictive comedy together years ago and new people would come in, I'd always say, hey, listen, there's going to be a guy or someone, female, whatever, out front who's not going to laugh. They're just going to have a serious look the whole time. It's not like I knew them, or we just know there's always going to be that person yeah. who doesn't think you're funny, or they're just not a laugher. Or they laugh inside, they're they enjoying laugh inside. it. Yeah, they silent laughter. It. Yeah. Yeah. And don't focus on them. No. Like if that kind of thing is going to throw you off, then obviously
0: don't focus on it. Focus on the light. Yeah. And mm-hmm. it was, it was standing in my power, standing in my ownership of whatever it was. And here's the thing is, I used to really avoid the comedy scene because I was bringing my heart so much into the the story. But because I've done the work and I'm not suffering or struggling over the stories that I tell anymore, that those stories are, I'm in ownership of them. I'm on the other side of them. It doesn't bother me for people to know that about me. I didn't mind. I was like, part of me was like, should I really tell this story about going through making a baby the gay way? It's like putting myself in harm's way. And I thought, nah, I can do it. Yeah. And I'll be safe. And I was. I think, um, like recently I
1: have realized that I tend to live in fantasy.
0: (laughs) (laughs) So I'm just dropping a bit of a big bomb on everyone here. Yeah. And And I just want to say, Karina arrived today in a cape. (laughs) And when she revealed what was underneath the cape, it was an even more fantastical outfit.
1: Yeah. So, but what I realized is I will put people, okay, let's just call it what is my husband. Okay. I've got this fantasy version of him, but he can never live up to my fantasy version. So he could give me everything he has and it's still not going to be good enough. But what happens when you're living in this fantasy is you miss what's right in front of your face. You miss the gift. You miss it because you're focusing on how that person isn't Mm -hmm. matching up to this part of your fantasy or that part of your fantasy. It just, I've had like such a movement in the last, I'd say five days, lots of crying, lots of journaling, lots of awareness. It's beautiful. So are you
0: moving out of this
1: behavior then?
0: Yes. Now
1: I was, you know, I tend to get a bit extreme. So yesterday I was thinking like, I'm going to stop watching TV. I'm going to stop reading books. I'm going to stop looking at my phone. I'm just going to work. And then I'm just going to stare at nature. (laughs) (laughs) I'm going to get out of (laughs) anything fantastical. And then today I've calmed down a little bit. The shift has already happened. Right. Like I've already entered into appreciation, Mm -hmm. which is such a high form, high vibration, right? Rather than being in that, well, I'm not getting 110% of what I want, Mm -hmm. you know? It's,
0: it's been, it's been awesome. Congratulations. Thank you. Yeah. It's like I have a new marriage. Oh. Yeah. Yeah. Because you said you refell in love with your husband in Italy. Yeah. Was that the same time your boobs got bigger? No. And why This all happened bigger? after Hornby. I don't know. Maybe the M- spirit of your dead
1: grandma blew up your bosom. Yeah. She's <laughs> like, she took my cape. She has to fill it out. Right? Your cape? What? No, this is my grandma's cape. Oh my gosh. Yeah. It's a fine cape. It's an awesome, it's from Germany. So it's she was beautiful. probably like this, if this woman's going to take my cape, she's got to have some boobs to back it up. Like you there can't walk around with a cape just no, flat. No. Right? You look
0: like a bat. Boob capes. You want to be. Like a bat? <laughs> <laughs> you want to be um, matronly. I do believe somebody called for my services. So let us know that you're going off to the theater after this because a playwright is writing you into his play. Apparently. Now, not the play that's happening right now. I'm just going
1: to watch the process. Right. But apparently someone who I will not name at this point in time. Alex Brown. (laughs) (laughs) He He has an idea for a character And the premise is that it's a woman who was born in Vancouver, moved down to Hollywood, became (gasps) famous, and then she comes back to Vancouver. But there's all these skeletons in the closet that people are bringing up. Oh.
0: I was like, love it. (laughs) Love it. Oh, my gosh. Exciting times. Yeah. Okay. So let's get on with today's comedian, Jen. I am so excited. Everybody, will you put your hands together? And please welcome to the stage... Jennifer! I don't know why
2: the fuck I did this again. I was fine. I was fine all day. Now I'm fucking dying and I'm shaking and I'm like... Whoa. <sighs> Thank you, Yumi, for that breathing exercise. That was great. <clears throat> I must have been uh, good enough last time that they'd asked me to come back and support the students this year. (laughs) I must have been funny enough that they'd actually let me come back on stage. So thanks. (laughs) Um, In all honesty, I I just, you know, I I did. I don't know how many of you saw my last show, but I promised Lizzie I would be nice this time. I'll keep my promise, don't worry. <laughs> um, I do want to thank you and Ellen and Elaine, they, they are two different people. Ellen and Elaine are two different people <laughs> um, for asking me to come back and for this opportunity. But most importantly, holy shit to the Hilarapy students of 2022, please give them a round of applause. <laughs> You know, people keep asking me like why do you wanna why do you wanna be a comedian? I I don't. (laughs) This is only the second time that I've done this in three years. (laughs) Thank you. (laughs) Um, And honestly, I mean, do you really think that I want to put myself through this, all the stress of having to write a set, the performance anxiety, just to get a few laughs and be the center of attention for five to seven minutes? Yes, the answer is, yes, I'm an attention whore! Thank you. And who wouldn't want to be up here in front of almost 100 people, staring at my ass, waiting for me to fuck up my lines again? Don't deny it, and I know who you are. I am sorry to say that that will be the only reference to my butt tonight. And just to make sure that I don't forget, because I've been really busy lately, I brought some notes. Okay, so a lot has changed since <laughs> Since my last performance in, in 2019. I don't know why that was funny, but thank you <laughs> I finally have my career right where I wanted. I'm so happy and fulfilled at work. It's amazing Thank you. Thank you I did become a therapeutic counselor. Holy shit <laughs> But you guys, I have some really big news. And I'm really honored that all of you are here tonight for me to share it with you. I am pretty single. (laughs) I know know what you're thinking. Must be awesome being single at 30. Yeah, everyone who knows me is laughing because I'm pushing 40, but thank you. <laughs> you all fell for it. You all thought I was 30. <laughs> it's been a little bit challenging, though, meeting meeting guys my age. <clears throat> Pardon me. That don't look like they could be my dad. I got three letters for you guys. S. P. F. Yeah that's how I look this young. I've been online dating. Uh, It sucks. (laughs) Vancouver owes me an apology. Vancouver owes me an apology. Thank you. I've been traveling to uh, to Calgary for work uh, quite a bit the last couple of months, and um, let me just tell you that the cows aren't the only grade A beef in Alberta. <laughs> yeah, solid triple A selection out there. <laughs> Vancouver, solid H, hella gross, gross, <laughs> just gross, no. And, like, why do you guys have poop emojis on your online dating profile? I don't get that. (laughs) I've tried figuring it out, I've really thought about it. And I mean, I know, like, while I'm messaging you, I'm pooping, but I don't advertise it. (laughs) It's disgusting. And please don't. funny. People like it. I don't know why couples are afraid to poop in front of each other. It's anyway. Tangent. <clears throat> um, and please don't use words. Don't use words on your profile like delicious or tickles or cuddles. Anything with an S or an Uz at the end. Please don't do it. They're all worse than the word moist. <laughs> This one one guy's profile (laughs) said he's five foot four, and his pet peeve, small talk. (laughs) It's pretty short-sighted of him. I love Bumble. When you swipe left on Bumble, it says, hey, you've missed a potential match. Get bent, Bumble. If you knew what a potential match was, I wouldn't have half my set tonight. (laughs) I deleted it this morning. (sighs) I deleted all of them this morning. (laughs) In all honesty, though, I loved going through profiles with my little sister. We're very different, her and I. I like to see the best in people, see their, see their potential. <laughs> she just cuts right through that shit. <laughs> Took her out for dinner for her birthday, and uh, I was swiping. She was eating her poutine. Yes, it's poutine, not poutine. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> and I said, hey, Alex, look at this. I was all excited, I was like, look, this guy's cute. He's got a truck. (laughs) Beth doesn't like that, but that's okay, I like it. (laughs) He owns his own home. And he's got a career in chemical engineering. It just can't get any better. She just looks up at me. Jenny, he's a meth cook. Okay, I can't win. (laughs) I have met some people though and I have gone on some dates. Apparently, I have Karen tendencies. (laughs) If anyone who knows me is laughing right now, you can fuck right off and go. (laughs) But seriously, this chicken shit didn't even have the balls to straight up call me a Karen. Because he knows I'd be on the phone lecturing him about how he needs to get with the times. (laughs) Outspoken women are sexy nowadays. Yes. And don't be such a little bitch. (laughs) You know, it's insane how often... One of the exercises that we needed to do, um... In the hilarity course and and as a supporter we do often step in with the students and do the exercises because otherwise it would just be <laughs> more fun for us but um, <laughs> uh, one of the exercises is to journal about walking towards your shame and so in this journal entry I started writing and I just thought wow you know it's insane how often I abandoned myself to be in a relationship And I really do put my needs aside to be with anyone. I mean, as long as they're attractive, if I'm attracted to them, and they pay attention to me, and sometimes they don't even need to pay attention to me. (laughs) But I was in a relationship this year. It was uh, long distance, lasted about six months. He was amazing, you guys, he was so incredible. He worked out every day. He was an avid reader. He loved my tattoos. He fought like hell to get to the phone to call me every single day. Ultimately, I just had to end it because I couldn't go another three years until his release date. I just realized I hadn't told my dad about that yet. (laughs) Yeah. I'm still Jenny from the block. Thank you. Good night, guys. All right. Let's hear it for
1: Jen. All right. Jennifer. What a spark plug. Jenny from the block. Yeah. Oh, by the way, before we get into Jen's set, if you ever want to see, hey, is J Lo a good singer or not? Just try to sing Jenny from the
0: block. Go ahead. Do it. I can't remember the words. Uh, I'm
1: still Jenny from the block. First I had a little, now I have a lot. <laughs> you see? Just forget where I came from. Oh, you sound good. But that's... <laughs> yeah. Wow. No. Alex Brown wants me to sing for him. Okay, Jenny from the block. Alex
0: Brown wants you to do...
1: <laughs> okay, so one of the things I really liked that she touched on <laughs> Right towards the end, it feathered my, it fanned my feathers, if you will. Right. Uh, I'm not good at saying, so I don't know if that's a good thing to say or not. I like but it. The fanned my feathers was, she said, walking towards your shame. Another way that I like to
0: word that is embrace your shadows, mm. because that's where the gift is. That's where the shame is, in the shadows.
1: The shame is lurking in the shadows.
0: Shame, The shame in, in the shadows. I'm just Jenny from Jenny from the the block.
1: block. Okay. Here's the thing. The shame is hoping that you'll just let it fester away in there. It Mm -hmm. doesn't want you to shine the light on it. Mm -hmm. So sometimes I think it might feel even harder to go into that hole because it's like there's fear and then the shame doesn't want you to bring it out into the light. It's quite the process. So uh, again, like I know we say this probably almost every time, but I just bow down to anyone who gets up there because I know the process that they had to do to get up there to say what they had to say, even though when they're saying it, it sounds funny and lighthearted. For many, as you know, because you've seen the process, it's the journey to get there is often (laughs) not funny and lighthearted. It's getting to a place where you're healed from it.
0: And to heal, you have to go into the wound. Well, there's some vulnerability that takes place behind the scenes for people to get up and and do that stuff. And I think even standing up on a hilarity stage and talking um, about who you are through humor is incredibly vulnerable in itself. What Jennifer's bringing up in her set is quite big stuff. I mean, she talks about, um, you know, dating. Of course, there's all these sort of, you know, humorous... What am I saying here? I'm trying to say... Anyone who's ever dated ever is going to get it, right? It's like, yeah. ugh. Like online dating is its whole, a whole animal, isn't it? It's a beast. Yeah. Um, and so she kind of talked about that. And then she went into, well, I was seeing this person, and then it turns out that they were in prison. And that could be seen as a joke, but that's actually true. Yes. That, you know, that, and then she was talking, you know, she made a couple of jokes about, well, you know, I'll, I'll kind of pour my heart into anyone who really shows me any interest or even doesn't. Mm-hmm. And there's some, you know, huge, uh, awareness around that. You oh know? yeah.
1: You you can't just say stuff like that without having any self-awareness. Like, first of all, you have to actually, I'll go back to this realizing that I had this sort of fantasy version of my husband was like, I had to first get that awareness right? In order to have any sort of healing potentiality around it, I had to have the awareness first, which is sometimes like a lightning bolt. And then as soon as you're like, okay, I'm aware I accept it about myself. It might not be pretty. Like actually what Jen said is not a pretty thing. Like no, no. Who wants to get up and say, oh yeah, I'll just do anything for anyone, even if they do nothing for me. Mm. Like, that's not an easy thing to say. And some people never get past the stage where you admit it to yourself. Mm-hmm. Some people see that and they go, no, yeah. I'm not looking at that.
0: Yeah. Awareness is incredibly painful at the, at the beginning. And then to to really go, okay, well, now I know this is where I can make the changes. This is where I can actually walk forward and choose something more for myself. Yeah yeah it was a brave set and jen was a supporter on that course so she had done her i think she did her course pre covid around 2018 or something like that i believe 2018 2019 and having her there to support the course was just really wonderful it was a it was a gift to have her in the back of the room but i didn't hear any of her set because the people who are supporting they don't get the you know the the class time that the students get but they get to workshop their stuff with the other guys. So I hadn't actually heard any of her set before she did it, but it was really good of, um, it was really brave of her to get up and do that and share that with us. I really enjoyed it. Thank you, Jen. That was amazing.
1: Yeah. Yeah. It's, and it's nice. Like if you can dissect it like that to go, Oh, I can relate to that part. Right. Maybe uh, across all the comedians, you don't relate to every single thing, but it's that the underlying message, like, That we can tease out and pull apart and go, oh my God, I absolutely know what that feels like to see something in myself, not necessarily like it, but accept it and then move towards action. Mm -hmm. And sometimes like, I don't know about you, but sometimes as soon as I have the awareness and I accept it and I speak it out to someone, there's a shift like immediately. Yes.
0: Right. I love that.
1: Yeah. This is what's happened over the last five days. It's like, I just, I spoke it out. Actually, I spoke it outright to my husband. Right. And, but at the time I spoke it out, I was really in pain at that point. And then I spoke it out to, you know, a loved, uh, trusted advisor and I journaled that was it. the, the shift happened. Like, I just think that's so cool. Like sometimes yeah. you r- literally need to like throw open the closet doors, yeah, shed some light on those darkest innermost spots. And then you find that piece of clothing that you've been
0: missing (laughs) you find that gift in there yes absolutely and that's something we use in our hilarity course for and that i discovered was a great tool for me personally first of all is realizing i have some shame and when it becomes glaringly obvious and i can't ignore it anymore i acknowledge wow i'm holding some shame in that area i'm feeling small less than unlovable in that area I need to look at it. And what I start with is that conscious writing. So I just go and I feel what I need to, and and I say what I need to say. And I let my pen write and I know it's fully confidential. And I just like, I say the things that I wouldn't want to say out loud, like I'm jealous or I'm ashamed or whatever it is and why. And then once I've written it out, then I take it to a trusted advisor or a friend or somebody I can go, look, I just really need you to hear this. And then the more I speak it and say it, the more I realize it's not even that bad. It's just the part, you know, we're separating ourselves from being immersed and identified with it and entwined with it to come right back and look at it for what it is. It's just part of the experience of being alive. It's just emotions and thoughts and beliefs that just need to be allowed to move through us and move on. And then I get to choose again right oh no this isn't this isn't how i want to live my life this isn't who i want to and i think it's interesting that you know that we do choose people who are unavailable sometimes i mean i mean i don't know how how many times in my life i've chosen or gone for someone or fallen in love with somebody who's totally unavailable and it suits me because it keeps me safe at a massive distance from anyone getting too close to what's really going on in me like if I can't quite be with them.
1: Yeah. Well, I think I've had a lot of men choose me because I've been unavailable. <laughs>
0: yeah. Emotionally
1: unavailable. Emotionally cleaner. unavailable. Yeah. Listen, I remember I dated this one guy who was very sweet, but he was, uh, I won't say it, but uh, okay. He was a cancer. I'm a cancer. Uh, zodiac sign. This one day, okay. He goes, I want to have a talk about a relationship. That's when I knew it was over. (laughs) Yeah. And we're done here. We don't. Ain't nobody talking about relationships. Okay. (laughs) I'm 18 and I don't give a fuck. (laughs) Yeah. Terrible. But I was like that for years. Like it took me years into uh, recovery to be able to be okay with getting vulnerable Mm. I, I, you know, honestly, looking back, it was because I could barely cope
3: mm-hmm.
1: with my own shit and my own stuff going up that I thought, listen, <laughs> you tell me anything about you that's vulnerable, I might crumble.
0: We get taught, don't we? We get taught how to have relationships by the relationships that we have with our parents, by the way we see our relation, their relationships going as well. And I had no capacity for conversation or talking or vulnerability or anything in my, you know, my 20s and even my early 30s. I just did not know. I just thought I had to armor up. I don't even think thinking came into it. I just felt like I, anytime, you know, my wounds were touched, I would just armor up. I would create distance. I would usually run or end anything that I couldn't really blow something up just blow my whole life up and then just move on I'm out of this town I mean how much do you love that scene of someone like throwing a bomb behind
1: them and then just walking away (laughs) from it as it explodes yes (laughs) yeah with the majority of our lives oily muscles (sighs) rippling and going slow motion walking away yeah it was a good relationship (laughs) while it lasted fuck it
0: <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah like pulling out the the, yeah. the pin with your teeth and the grenade like really cool like slinging it back and going yep see ya see ya see ya and i don't fool myself
1: to think like oh just because i've processed things and i've you know that troll in the dungeon has been freed yeah. It could still, like I am aware that things could still rear their head. Like you spend X amount of years of your life, 30 plus
0: years living in the pattern. Yes. Well, right. I tell you it's flared for me recently uh, because I'm going through this uncoupling with my partner who is a brilliant person and our relationship has been such a beautiful lesson in love for both of us and and getting to know ourselves in relationship i've done all my all my best work in this relationship and healed so much and when this relationship has been ending for like 3 months we're coming apart but there's no i'm not abandoning myself anymore And we're still working together. So we're working and we have a family and dogs and everything. We're working out how we can kind of come apart, but still support one another and still care and respect for one another and all of that. But the emotions still come. And I find myself going into castle mode Mm. because that's my old default pattern because with this uh, breakup, with this, I don't want to call it a breakup, but with this uncoupling, with this coming apart that we're doing at the moment, it's timely for both of us. We both feel it's ready, that we're ready to kind of go on and do other things, but still share what we have built together. Sometimes it's really happy. Sometimes I'm I'm happy. I'm excited. I've got loads of adventurous thoughts happening. I'm going to be able to go to America and like not you know be tied into a relationship that I'm going to feel very guilty for. That you know all that stuff that comes from being locked in a kind of marriage relationship. And uh, but then I get these huge waves of emotion that just feel like so much is ending and so much is. T- uh, t- to be grieved about. And then I'm like, no, no, I don't want to feel this, but I know I must. But it's like a block and I have to find and navigate that. So that's kind of where I'm at with that. And that, like you're saying, those patterns those are lifetime created patterns that pass down as well generational so yeah the awareness is everything for this this work we're doing this you know growing and shining because that's what we're here to do isn't it shine like the effing sun shine it up i'm going back in my cape and i'm (laughs) (laughs) okay i think we've kind of come to the end of uh, episode 12 thank you so much if you've joined us again for this journey or you're just joining us we're so bloody pleased you're here we really love yes and we'll see you for
1: lucky 13 Dear listeners, we are a two-woman shop here, and this is a little labor of love. So anything you can do to show us some love, our love language is subscribing, sharing on social media, and coming to
0: one of our many shows. And if you're feeling really adventurous, take a course. Don't be afraid of a good time. We love you. We love you. We love you. We're out.